0: Welcome to the Practicing the Way podcast, where we explore a life of apprenticeship to Jesus in the modern world. In season one, Tyler Staten, the lead pastor of Bridgetown Church, sits down with John Mark Homer, the founder of Practicing the Way, to discuss his new book, also called Practicing the Way, Be with Jesus, become like Jesus, do as he did. In this episode, we explore the second goal of an apprentice of Jesus, to become like Jesus,
1: So be with Jesus, that's where we start. Although it's not linear, that's often where we start. Then become like Jesus. I personally like to think about Jesus' invitation as a broad door and a narrow way.
2: Oh, that's beautiful. Because
1: Jesus says whoever wants to be
2: my disciple. Yeah, it's like open invitation. Yeah,
1: the door is wide open by grace. Anyone can come to him. There are no qualifications or disqualifications for apprenticeship to Jesus. But then, as we've already acknowledged, Jesus is definitely not selling discipleship, right? He He says things like, I've come to give you life and life to the full. But he also says things like, if anyone wants to be my disciple, they must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. He says there's a broad way that leads to destruction, that many are walking, and a narrow way that leads to life, but only if you, you find it. it.
2: And so He really could use a PR person in a <laughs> yeah, marketing <exactly>. department.
1: <laughs> and so I think Jesus is admitting this process of spiritual formation. It's an intentional one, Yeah, but it leads to life. So can you talk to me about how do we define... Uh, spiritual formation in the way of Jesus.
2: Yeah, I mean, spiritual formation is uh, a title or it's a moniker used in the modern church, and it's rooted right there in the writings of the New Testament. That word formation is used by Paul, all through the New Testament, mm-hmm. for that process of what, ha- if you follow this way over a long period of time, you become someone, mm-hmm. and I think you know the starting place for all good thinking about spiritual formation is that spiritual formation is not a Christian thing or even a religious thing; it's a human thing. Mm. Um, it's just a word. It's just a label for the development of the human soul. So, um, spiritual formation happens to everybody. Mother Teresa was a product of spiritual formation. So was Stalin. You know, pick mm. your every. You've never met a person in your life that is not. Spiritually formed, that has not been formed on the inside out to become a certain kind of person. I mean, you said this in a, a sermon I was listening to recently that was brilliant. You know, you said something to the effect of one day, from you know, one day in your future, sooner than you think, you will wake up and realize that you have become a certain kind of dad or mom or friend or lover or human being. You've become a person the word for that is spiritual formation. So sometimes people say to me like, oh, I'm really getting into spiritual formation. And what they mean is they're reading books by Dallas Willard or yeah. you know writers on formation or they're practicing spiritual disciplines like silence or Lectio Divina or contemplative prayer or they're in therapy and beginning to explore kind of the depths of their story and their life and their family, yeah. all beautiful things but I, I never say this because it would be rude, but I want to say, like, you're not, you've are not you been into spiritual formation since before you came out of your mother's womb. You've been becoming a person. the The trick is for us as apprentices of Jesus is learning to play a role. We don't control our formation, but to play a role in the trajectory of our formation and the people that we become.
1: Yeah, I think we can participate with God in our formation, or we can work against god we can resist we in can our rebel. Our yes and that's what jesus seems to be naming in the broad and narrow road right we're all on a hodas
2: we're all we're, on a we're road. we're all
1: being formed by the way that we are going
2: and the broad road is basically do whatever you want and do what everybody else does mm-hmm. which is basically most people are on the broad road
1: yeah and and jesus is saying that is chipping away at your true person with every step that it you It does take not you.
2: lead to—yeah, I mean, one interpretation of the— there's a broad road that leads to destruction and a narrow road that leads to life is almost everybody's going to hell when they die, but if you believe the right things about Jesus, you'll go to heaven when you die. Mm-hmm. Another interpretation is there is a broad, common, popular way of life that's basically go with the crowd and do your own thing, and it does not lead to life. It leads to destruction—
1: Mm-hmm.
2: uh whether you want to think about that through the lens of eternity or just now i mean how many people that have you have you met most of the time you know over the age of 40 in the second half of life who say things like my life is over my life has fallen apart i don't even know what i'm living for anymore the narrow way another way of reading that is jesus is saying there is a very specific way to live there is a way there is a road there is a path to follow based on my own life and teaching And if you follow this narrow way, this specific way of life where you follow behind me and you apprentice under me and you learn from me the art of living, it will lead you to the life that you crave both now and for eternity.
1: And the listener asks... Great. (laughs) What is the very specific way to live? So what is spiritual formation in the way of Jesus?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, again, there's no right definition. How I define it in the book is spiritual formation in the way of Jesus is the process of being formed into a person of love in Christ. Mm. So there are kind of four pieces to that, four Mm -hmm. components. Number one, the process, and that needs to be said right off the bat it is a process it is not quick it is not fast it is not easy it is not linear and it is over a long period of time i you know i think everybody who has ever taken their discipleship to jesus seriously Has this weird mix of gratitude for what God's done in their formation and frustration that He hasn't done more faster. Sure. And so I know that when I was 23, I'm 43 now, I thought that by 43 I'd be a lot farther down the path. (laughs) You know, there are there are some issues. There are some, you know, whether you want to call them automatic responses of the body, like scientists do, or just flat out sin that just is still stuck in my body. There are ways that I react to my wife and my kids Mm. that are so far from the way of Jesus, from the heart of Jesus, from the fruit of the Spirit. That sin is still lodged in my body. It is not yet out in full. I'm better than I was, but I'm certainly not who I know that I want to be and Jesus wants me to be. Mm. I said to my wife, I've had just a lifelong struggle with anxiety. And again, better now than it's ever been. Some of it goes back to a Dramatic experience I had as a very little child that I think kind of miscalibrated my whole nervous system. And so I said to my wife recently, I'm so frustrated that I cannot seem to just relax more, you know, and be at peace more. And I said to her almost in passing, like, do you ever think I'll be a (laughs) non-anxious presence? You know, like will I ever be, will I ever achieve the inner peace that I crave for? And, you know, and my wife, you have to know her. She literally, she (laughs) said, she said, oh, yes, I'm confident you will. She's a very hopeful person. Yeah. And then I said, like, I wonder how much longer, when? And she was not joking. She just said deadpan. I think probably in your 60s. And she wasn't trying to be funny. That was like her her honest estimate, was you're definitely going to become a calm, non-anxious, peaceful person 20 more years from now. She's like,
1: (laughs) you're getting so much closer.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Like, thanks, honey. Really. And uh, But I think, I really do think, I mean, you mentioned in the last episode the danger of instant gratification in our culture, how most of the best things in life all drip over a lifetime. I think it's especially true of formation. You know, most of the best stuff will likely come in our sixties and our seventies and our eighties. You know, it's interesting that word formation comes from this Greek word metamorpho, where we get the English word metamorphos, the word for this process of change from a caterpillar through the pupa to a butterfly. And my understanding is that in most of the life cycle of a caterpillar and a butterfly, the butterfly stage is like at the tail tail, tail tale end, and it's incredibly short, sometimes hours wow. or days long. Wow. And I think there's something to that in spiritual formation where the, the caterpillar stage, yeah. the pupa, I'm in the dark and I'm struggling and I feel constrained and conflicted. That stage is much longer than the metamorpho stage but that's what we're what what we're living for and so I think that's the first thing that has to be said about formation is it's a process.
1: Yeah and and there's that line from Paul you know where he talks about the the image or the wisdom the majesty of the creator written into creation which we can see in the caterpillar Mm -hmm. to butterfly we can also see in something like you know a, a flower like a spring flower is beautiful. And, and it emerges from, from an atmosphere of death and the world Darkness comes alive decay. again. But then if you get that late spring frost, then that flower's gone overnight. But there's something like the Grand Canyon, also beautiful. And there is no amount of stormy weather that can take away the Grand Canyon. But the spring flower appears quickly and is easily destroyed. The Grand Canyon, that takes forever Ever. to create, but it's durably beautiful. And the same is true in our lives, right? That which is most durably beautiful in us takes the longest to create. And so I feel like you're saying, when will I reach this <laughs> this aspect of durable beauty within me? It's going to take the longest to create, but it will be lasting yes. and durable when it's here.
2: And worth every step yeah. on the journey. Yeah, so go on, so that's... Yeah, so that's the kind of first component. It's a Mm -hmm. process. Second, of being formed. So I use that language very intentionally, Mm -hmm. not of forming ourselves. So transformation, or if you want to use, I think, a synonym in the New Testament, salvation, is not something we do. It is something that is done to us by God. Now, that's not to say that we don't have a role to play. You know, So St. Augustine in the fourth century had that beautiful line, Without him, we can't, but without us, he won't, mm-hmm. you know? So the foundation of the spiritual journey is what Jesus called poverty of spirit. Uh, you know, Jesus said in John 15, the menno passage, without me, you can do nothing. Right. <laughs> Not without me, you can't do very good or very much. You can do nothing. So we start from this, I have nothing, this spiritual poverty in the positive sense of that word, God, And salvation is God's work. Transformation is God's work. Our primary role is to make deeper and deeper layers of our inner being, our heart, if you want to call it that, available to God, open to grace. That's all of the spiritual disciplines, which we'll talk about later, that's essentially their function, is to help us in body and mind, open deeper and deeper layers of ourselves to God for him to transform, heal, Free, liberate, say, but that is his work. So that's where, like, the practices of Jesus are not the Christian version of habit stacking. Mm-hmm. Spiritual formation is not the Christianized it's version of, pro- of Project Self. Sure. You know? I'm yeah. not saying those are bad things and we shouldn't cold plunge and, you know, do a Vitamix in the morning and all great stuff and habit stack, great. But, and that will move you, And people say, you know there's 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 minimal power in habits and good practices, even good Christian habits, like reading mm-hmm. scripture and going to church. But they quickly bring you to the end of yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole point, because the end of yourself is at some level the beginning of grace. So it's a process, long, slow, of being formed. And that's where you know, there's a whole rabbit trail. We don't have time to go down, but there's this you know, tradition in the Christian way of active and passive spirituality, active being all the things that we do to be disciples of Jesus, like the spiritual disciplines, living in community, repentance, confession, learning, and then passive, and they meant that in a positive way, not yes. a negative way. All the stuff that God does, mostly through our pain, suffering, circumstances wildly out of our control mostly circumstances we don't want don't desire and worked really hard to avoid those are often where god comes in and does his some of his best work Mm -hmm. so it's a process of being formed third component is into a person of love Mm -hmm. you know in the teachings of jesus love is it's the litmus test it's the metric of all spiritual maturity so there's, there's really one how did you say it in that we were at church together. Well you had a great line. Am I becoming a the, the primary question is, am I becoming
1: oh a person of love to the people who know me best and I interact with most frequently? And and because That's it. That's what, the measure what I mean of maturity. by that is I'm pretty good at loving you. Because I, you know, like <laughs> we see each friends. other half a dozen we're times friends, a year. Yeah, and we live in different <laughs> cities. So I see you and I'm like, oh, I brought you a gift. Let's <laughs> have a meal. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it's, it's easy to love somebody
2: for an hour and a half at a time.
1: Exactly. So for me, it's, it's my wife and my children. It's the coworkers that I work most closely with, the friends that I'm with most frequently. It's the people that interact with my reactivity yeah and not just my proactivity Mm -hmm. because i'm pretty good at proactive love i'm good at plans and executing the plans what i'm not as good at is being who i want to be yeah in the flow of ordinary life and like you said these ingrained reactive patterns automatic responses
2: where it just comes out of our body Mm -hmm. and it's what comes out is not love yeah Yeah, and I think, you know, we do have to say, in particular, you in Portland, me in L.A. now, it's love as defined by Jesus. Yes. You know, love in English is this really squishy word that means lots of different things to lots of different people, some of which are wildly unlike what Jesus means by the word. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the Greek word there is agape, but Jesus defined it not with like a lexicon, but with his life, with his death. I mean, he had that beautiful line, greater. Agape, greater love, has no person than this, that a person lay down their life for their friends. Mm-hmm. So love as defined by Jesus is self-sacrificial, you know, surrender to the good of another. It's to will the good of another ahead of your own, um, which is why it's so much harder to love our roommate or our spouse or our kids or our family than it is to love a... Uh, a friend or a beer mate or somebody you sure. go see movies with or, you know, cycle with or whatever. Sure. And uh, that that's the telos. It's becoming a person of love. And then that final component is in Christ. So, again, this is where spiritual formation veers wildly uh, afoot from, like, self-actualization. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's not just becoming... A person. It's not just becoming your true self. It's not just becoming a good person. It's becoming that person in God. And again, ultimately, the whole process of formation, the process of apprenticeship, our role, how we set ourselves before God, is ultimately to come into deeper and deeper layers of union with God, surrender to God. Ancient Christians used this word that you really can't use anymore because it would freak too many people out. (laughs) The word they use, I'll just say the Greek word, was theosis Mm -hmm. uh, from the Greek, you know, theos. Mm -hmm. And, you know, honestly, like the way you translate that into English is basically deification or godification. Mm-hmm. It's basically becoming like God in God. And that will freak out a lot of Western people.
1: Yeah.
2: But it's very biblical. I mean, Jesus said all of these things, you know, I and the Father one, you and me, I and the Father. Think about the word godly. Your
1: life is hidden with Christ in you're God. You're hidden with Christ. Yeah.
2: Even the word godly, which is not a trigger word for sure. modern Western people. I think that is the word God as an adverb. Mm-hmm. So you to be a godly person is a godlike person. Mm-hmm. But that word would freak us out. But that is how formation comes about, it comes about not through self-discipline. Discipline's a means to an end, like the measure of spiritual maturity is not how disciplined are you are, how much do you read scripture, or how often do you go to church, or how much do you know the Bible. Those are all means to an end. The telos is to become a person of love in God. And that, whole, that happens through this deepening union with God and surrender to God. I mean, a, a mentor of mine defines discipleship as a lifelong process of deepening surrender mm. to Jesus. Mm. And I mean, that is certainly my experience of following Jesus over a lifetime. It's just layer after layer, mostly through pain, through stripping, through grief, loss, through my attachments being exposed when I don't get what I want or I get what I fear. It's just deeper and deeper deeper layers of surrender.
1: The process... Of being Informed. formed into a person of love in Christ, which involves both like participatory yep. practices that we engage. Yep, responsibility on our side. It also involves submission to God or surrender or yep. passive formation through circumstances suffering, pain.
2: Relationships, yeah, that, the fidelity it, to commitments you made, such as that, marriage and others. Yeah,
1: that enter into our lives and discomfort us, but might be forming us into yeah. that type and, of person. And different
2: people need different emphasis. Mm-hmm. Like I think for a lot of Western Christians, the frustration they feel at their lack of change, growth, maturity, is because a lot of them have not been informed about their part. In spiritual formation yes like what's what's on them of mm-hmm. the practices of what we would call a rule of life of slowing down of prayer and then for a lot of people that are like really intentional about their spiritual formation <laughs> they're frustrated because they realize oh man I can live by a rule of life I can practice Sabbath I can do contemplative prayer I can get in therapy I can read all the books and still I really quickly come to the end of myself mm-hmm. and and those of us need to hear This is a work of grace, and and the primary question we have to ask as disciples of Jesus, how do I make deeper and deeper parts of myself, more and more of myself, open and available to grace?
3: My name is Nell. My husband and our three young daughters live in Iowa City, Iowa. I mostly stay home with our kids, but together my husband and I disciple a group of seven young adults in our home and we also lead a house church. My life has been deeply impacted by practicing the way. For 15 years, I had dabbled in the contemplative life and had some regular rhythms, but because of practicing the way, I now have a deep rule of life that includes regular Sabbath and silence where before those things were just an idea. Practicing the Way has also provided us with deeply impactful resources that are also very reproducible, which is a hard combination to find. Not only are these resources deeply changing me, but they're packaged in a way that I can easily transmit these ideas to those we are discipling. And Practicing the Way has made these freely available and doable in the context of a busy western city life for me apprenticeship to Jesus looks like living out all of his commands and teaching others to do the same so Matthew 28 he said teach them to obey all I have commanded and lo I am with you always so it's also being aware of his presence and teaching others to be aware of his presence that's with us always if I'm really going to imitate Christ that I'm also inherently discipling others into his practices and they are also discipling others who are discipling others and this is how cities are transformed. Apprenticeship to Jesus looks like regular rhythms of Sabbath every Friday night. It's inviting people into that rest. It's pausing through the day for regular silence and prayer.
1: Yeah, so now we're getting into our participation in this. So, of course, spiritual formation in the way of Jesus isn't just going to happen to me. Yes. So how do I change? How do I participate in this
2: with God? Yeah, formation is going to happen to you, but formation into the image of Jesus is not. not, Yeah, yeah, not without intentionality. I think, you know, um, it's good to give thought, and this is one of the reasons I have, have this book out, to your what i would just call theory of change that's language from the world of psychology so everybody has a theory of change meaning um, everybody has some kind of mental map some kind of theory about how we change to become a different kind of person whether that's applied to athletics or career or applied to discipleship to jesus so most people that are christians they have some working model of all right how do i go from somebody that goes through the water baptisms baptism, and over however long become a person who is godly, who is like Jesus, and the problem is a lot of our theories of change are unconscious, not conscious, Mm -hmm. and we never really thought about it that deeply, so we just kind of have these assumptions that we're living by that we've never really seriously questioned that might be deeply flawed. They're often haphazard, not intentional, so it's just kind of this ad hoc, like it's shocking to me the amount And again, you know, living in cities, I interact with a lot of very professional people, but it's shocking to me how much intention, discipline, time, planning people put into their careers or their athletic prowess or to raising their kids and how many many of those same people, and I say this not to criticize, just to point out, are basically just winging it, their discipleship to Jesus, you know? And I'm not saying that we, again, Habit stack our way into spiritual maturity but there is a a measure of bringing intentionality to our apprenticeship to jesus what if we were to approach our spiritual formation with at least as much earnestness thoughtfulness as we do our job or our parenting or whatever so just your
1: upcoming summer vacation (laughs) exactly or a day where i'm gonna stay the places i want to eat that you know we plan those things out with great intention because we want to make the most. They
2: matter to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I think a lot of people's theories are, you know, unconscious, not conscious, haphazard, not intentional, and therefore they're just often ineffective rather than transformational in the language of the New Testament. So I think it's good to think deeply and slowly about how we are formed, you know? And so we're formed as I see it. This is my summary and synthesis of the best learning that I found by four basic forces. And I think that whether it's a secular neuroscientist or a Christian mystic from the 14th century, they'd land somewhere around these four. Mm -hmm. We're formed one by the stories we believe, by our mental maps is another word for that, kind of what we believe to be good and beautiful and true, what we think matters. Let's take some analogy like, Money, there's a story about money, the American story. More money equals more happiness. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a story. And if you believe that story, it's going to form you into a kind of person. Mm It's very different than the story Jesus tells about money. And if you trust Jesus' story about money, that's going to form you into a radically different kind of person. Mm -hmm. So the stories you believe, secondly, are habits. What we do, the things we do on a regular basis do something to us. This is all the science, the Charles Duhigg stuff, the power of habit. Like what you do on a regular basis, you become. And the vast majority of our life and of our spiritual formation, Christian or not, is all habitus. It's all our habits. And not just our habits like I exercise every day or I read my Bible in the morning or we have a weekly date night. Habits like just where your mind goes in the blank space, when you reach for your phone, what worries you come to all the time, how you see other people, how you interact with other people. These are all habits mm-hmm. of mind, body, attitude, disposition.
1: And our habits can also reveal the stories we really believe. Absolutely. Like if you want to know, the stories that you really believe in your gut, you might take a look at your habits and say, what do they indicate that I really believe?
2: They show what you most value, what Mm -hmm. you most love. Mm -hmm. You know, um, they show what you love and they shape what you love.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Third, we're formed by our relationships. Like that's just, you don't need a PhD in clinical psychology to realize you become like the people you're with. You dress like them, think like them, vote like them, act like them, talk like them where we're deeply relational beings. And this is not a bad thing, it's a good thing, but it is easily manipulated by evil within and without. And then fourth, we're formed by our experiences. In particular, our experiences of pain and suffering, Mm. which can be either the open door to God's healing and transformation, or they can become the open door to lies, deceit, malformation, bitterness, recrimination, wounding, turning in on the self. So if you think about these four forces of, you know, the stories we believe, our habits, our relationships and our experiences, all spiritual formation on the way of Jesus is counterformation. I mean, we don't start with a blank slate. Like let's say you start following Jesus today. You've already been formed. You've already become a person. We don't start with a whiteboard. And empty lines of code and life hack our way into sainthood right we start deformed mm-hmm. so we need to push back on these four forces and bring intentionality through our apprenticeship to jesus so you know we push against the stories we believe with the truth of jesus this is where the role of scripture and of teaching and of meditation on god and his truth is utterly central. most christians intuit this like put christians together and they'll inevitably start a Bible study or read a book together or memorize scripture together or pray together and think deeply on God because I think we intuit from the Spirit of God how important it is to realign our mental maps of reality with the truth of Jesus. We push back on our habits with the practices of Jesus or the spiritual disciplines where we intentionally work to habituate the truth of Jesus into our bodies and to teach our bodies what our mind knows, Mm -hmm. to teach our muscle memory, our nervous system, what Jesus has said to be true. We push back against relationships with community where we intentionally seek out other followers of Jesus to brothers and sisters in the family, in New Testament language, to do life with, to share life around a table, to confess our sins, to be vulnerable with, to open our woundedness to. And in the language of Hebrews, we spur one another on, you know, to love and good deeds. And then we don't push back so much on our experiences of pain and suffering as we just open them to God. And we embrace what Jesus said, what James said, what Peter said, what Paul said, what all the saints and sages say, that it's the very circumstances that all of us avoid and fear that often are the secret to our liberation our freedom our healing and our transformation so we mm. open our pain and our suffering to god and we let god do what we never could possibly do so i think that that's my framework for how you're going to become a person that's that's going to happen to you you are right now you're you've been formed you're being formed you will be formed mm. um you can become a person who is like jesus yeah but it will require you to bring a level of intentionality to the stories you believe, to your habits, to your relationships, and to your experiences of pain, where you simply open all of that and surrender it to God.
1: Which will be a narrow way. A narrow way. Requiring intention, but will lead to life.
2: Yes. Practicing the Way is a crowdfunded nonprofit made possible by The Circle. A group of people from all over the world who believe deeply in the work of spiritual formation and discipleship, and give monthly to see formation integrated into the church at large. I'm Hayley from England, and I'm a part of this community. To join myself and others in the circle or to share a one time gift, visit practicingtheway.org forward slash give.
0: Thanks for listening to Season One of the Practicing the Way podcast. This conversation was based on John Mark's newest book, Practicing the Way, Be With Jesus, Become Like Jesus, Do As He Did, which is available now wherever books are sold. This podcast was created by Practicing the Way, a nonprofit working to integrate the best learnings of spiritual formation into the church at large. We offer a library of free resources for churches and small groups, including practices four-week experiences designed to be run in community that train you to integrate ancient disciplines like Sabbath, prayer, and more into your everyday life with God. An upcoming Practicing the Way course, an eight-week primer on apprenticeship to Jesus, a digital tool called the Rule of Life Builder, podcasts, and more. We are a crowdfunded nonprofit, and all of these resources are completely free thanks to the generosity of the circle and other givers from around the world. To join the circle, run a practice, or learn more, visit practicingtheway.org.